Hey, you've come to the right place. And the place is the Redheaded Preacher Podcast for January 22nd, 2023. Welcome. I'm Richard Lanford, the Redheaded Preacher of St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie, Illinois, and I'm glad you tuned in. The scriptures that we'll hear read by Rich Schneider are from Isaiah, excuse me, they're from the Psalms, Psalm 27, one of my favorites, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and Matthew 4, the story of Jesus calling the first four disciples. And that's the thrust of the message. The sermon is even called Answering Jesus' Call to Follow. And I kind of take that apart a little bit and talk about different aspects of answering and having a call and following it and some of what it takes for us to do that in which God supplies what we need to be able to do that if we are you know, willing to receive it and, and take the power that God gives us. Uh, Psalm 29 I do refer to briefly, but when it's in the lectionary, I always want to include it because it's personal to me uh, because of some conversations with my late brother, Tommy, when I preached his funeral in 1986, almost exactly uh, 37 years ago, I uh, used this psalm and these verses from that psalm to, as part of, what I, part of my funeral homily. So, but, you know, the message is not funereal, not today. And so I hope you'll find some meaning and inspiration from what I bring. And may God bless your listening. And here's Rich. Our Old Testament reading is Psalm 27, verse 1, and then verses 4 through 9. This first, the verses include both the song of trust and a cry for help. Amen. (laughs) The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? One thing I ask of the Lord that will I seek after, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will set me high on a rock. Now my head is lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. Come, my heart says, seek his face. Your face, Lord, do I seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You who have been my help, do not cast me off. Do not forsake me, O God of my salvation. Here ends the reading of Psalm 27. Our epistle lesson is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 through 18. Paul's letter addresses a list of problems going on in the church there, and here he tackles the first one, divisions within the body of Christ. 
Paul wrote, Now I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in agreement, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same purpose. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there are quarrels among you, brothers and sisters. What I mean is that each of you says, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Has Christ been divided? Was Paul sacrificed for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that none, so that no one can say that you were baptized in my name. I did baptize also the house of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to proclaim the gospel, and not with eloquent wisdom, so that the cross of Christ might not be empty of its power. For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. This ends the reading from First Corinthians. Will those who are able please rise for the reading of the gospel? Our gospel reading is Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 through 23. This immediately follows Jesus' temptation in the wilderness in Matthew's gospel and is the beginning of his public ministry. Now, when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went through Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. This ends the reading of the Gospel lesson and our scriptures for this morning's service. May God give us a wise and joyful understanding of this God's holy word. You and I, we all have to answer calls we get. 
It might be the call of an alarm to get out of bed, a call to dinner, the call of work, or of meeting a deadline for this report, or taking that test, or submitting an article. There are times I expect we are tempted to turn off our phones or tablets or unplug them to get a needed reprieve from having to answer texts or calls often. And yet, we know these calls to us are not all demands or drags or unwelcome or unimportant. Some calls, and not necessarily calls on a phone, make a huge positive impact in our lives. Some of them do. What are some significant calls that you have answered already? Call to serve in the armed forces. The call to parenthood. The call to teach. To teach Sunday school. To be an athlete. Or to dance. Or to be an artist. Or perhaps a chef. The call which informed you that you were accepted at such and such school. Or the call that told you to come see your doctor after test results came back. The call to move to Chicago or to leave Chicago, or the call to stay right where you are. The call to sacrifice something so you can help your family, your friend, your country. The call to serve your church, perhaps, in this office, that board, or a committee. The call of the Spirit to follow God instead of the allure of worldly pleasure and security. So many possible calls which shape the to, for us to answer that they can, the, these calls can shape the direction of and the content of our lives. And why did we answer those calls in our history? Did we have a choice? Did it take us a long time to discern the call and then to have what we needed to answer it. Perhaps there are some calls or callings we are still ignoring or putting off. The call of Jesus to follow him came to Andrew and Simon, Peter, James, and John. Now this call was unlike any other calls on their lives. It superseded previous calls on their lives. This call was so powerful God's Word, capital W, God's Word in Jesus, was and is so compelling that Simon and Andrew left their boat, temporarily anyway. We know at the end of John they go fishing again because they weren't sure what to do and Jesus hadn't shown up for a while after rising from the dead. And the sons of Zebedee, James and John, left him and their boats to answer the call. It was not a command only, though it is in the Greek form of an imperative, it's also in the form of it's an ongoing thing to follow. But it was an invitation. An invitation followed by a promise. Frederick Dale Bruner wrote of their answering his call, the effective word of Jesus, capital W again, the effective word of Jesus is what made those four disciples, is what makes disciples, he said, the power of Jesus' word overcomes 
The power of even family ties, looking at what happened to James and John, Simon and Peter, he says Jesus is sovereign, not only over habit and property, but also over blood and genes. Genes with a G. Answering Jesus' call to follow means they and we have to be open to hearing the call. At some point, we are to be listening to or listening for this penetrating invitation. Now, I believe answering the call means we have to believe at least some and in following, our belief gets vindicated sooner or later. There's a combination of faith, believing and acting as a result of believing and following combined. And perhaps, perhaps most importantly, answering Jesus' call to follow him means, like Andrew, Peter, James, and John, leaving some stuff behind. Michael Card wrote and sang a good song called Things We Leave Behind. And some of the lyrics are, Matthew was mindful of taking the tax and pressing the people to pay. But hearing the call, he responded in faith and followed the light and the way. Leaving the people so puzzled, he found the greed in his heart was no longer around. And it's hard to imagine the freedom we find from the things we leave behind. Every heart needs to be set free from possessions that hold it so tight. But freedom's not found in the things that we own. It's the power to do what is right. Remember when we heard Rich read the gospel, there was an early part when Jesus started preaching, and his sermon was identical to that of John the Baptist. Repent, for the kingdom of God has come near, or the kingdom of heaven has come near. Repent, to turn from, to change. And Professor Bruner wrote, it does not tell what to turn from, specifically. The emphasis is on turning from our preoccupations, whether they be sins or goods, towards God. Whatever keeps one from turning toward the coming kingdom is that from which one should turn. Such turning away or leaving behind is enabled also, he said, by the word. On the wall of my study downstairs, is a painted piece of wood showing two mallards, very Minnesotan, about to take flight. I retrieved it from my old home after my mom died. It reminds me of a preaching illustration that said when we give in to temptation too much, when we do not flex our muscles of love and service and give nothing up, we lose the ability to rise and take flight when we are called to go called to follow, perhaps. Those mallards taking off remind me that there are things to leave behind. There are things to say no to, to resist temptation to, and stay fit for following Christ, spiritually fit. And when we sense the call of Jesus to follow, but you or I will not leave behind the things or the fears or the attitudes or people that would keep us from following, we're not taking off. 
but we'll be left in the boats, casting or mending our nets instead, and perhaps with regret that we didn't. Answering the call of Jesus to follow him means, usually, if not always, we have to leave our baggage behind, some baggage that would keep us from following him. Haven't there been times already in our lives when we had to check our fear or our ego or our agenda or our temper or even self-righteousness at the door to go into, as we know we're going into, a new direction, a new place. Literally, it might be into a room where we believe Jesus has called us to be, but we know we have to be calm or whatever it might be that we have to leave behind to do what we need to do in service to others, which is service to God. So baggage can be things, it can be people, it can be something within inside us, it can be our location, it can be our character flaws, or even our previous uh, sense of identity, which even when we put down or give up to God, when we leave it behind so they will not stand in the way, of our usefulness to the loving Savior. Our Savior, by the way, who left heaven behind and laid down his life for us. Answering Jesus' call to follow. You know, that's a phrase we can break down almost big word by big word and strengthen our understanding of discipleship and renew our dedication. Leaving things or stuff behind so we are free to follow. Not a politician, not a media personality, not a boss or a job necessarily. This isn't a social media following. It's not following someone on Twitter or on Facebook or Instagram. It's we're following Jesus. It is Jesus who is calling us and wants us to answer with an active yes. Jesus, another one where it's another part of this, this phrase He's the subject of probably tens of millions of sermons who has so many different names and titles to describe or attempt to define him. Jesus, who spoke truth to Pilate and the Pharisees, to the high priest and to the Samaritan woman at the well, to the disciples, to Nicodemus, and to those who are weak and heavy laden, to the synagogue folk at Capernaum, and to the devil itself. We crave honesty and integrity, do we not, in these Orwellian, this is not what it says it is, days of distorted stats and misinformation. It is the one who speaks truth, who calls us to follow and learn his ways. Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus, the risen one who, after taking on lies about him and rejection even by his friends, who went after and he took on Calvary and took on death and the tomb, has prevailed over them all to be the Lord of life and eternal life, the embodiment of God's grace, is the one who beckons you and me to follow. In a world which so often monetizes compassion, criticizes those who want to reorient some policies to take from the rich man's sumptuous tables to give to homeless Lazarus at the gate, which laughs at people who go to church, or take issue 
with those who remind the world that we are all made equally in the image of God, challenging why one clings to boundaries which make other people lesser than. Answering Jesus' call to follow him? That sounds intimidating. He did talk later about being ready to carry our own cross daily to follow him. But it also sounds like a soul-fulfilling adventure for which we were all created. It sounds like a holy kind of freedom. It feels right to be a disciple of grace and truth, imperfect as we are and privileged we are to be so called. Called to follow grace and truth. Now as I roll towards the end, there are still two crucial things I want to lift up about answering Jesus' call to follow. One, earlier I'd said that Christ's invitation to follow comes with a promise. Not just one promise comes with answering the resurrected one's call. One is the pledge of God's unfailing presence. As our marquee said last week, presence of God 24-7, 365, as a statement of faith, as an affirmation and encouragement. I lifted it up in a sermon also just two or three weeks ago, I think. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is my strong, the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Because if you're hanging out with the Holy One, the only one qualified to lead us through the valley of the shadow of death and into the, through that and into the Father's house where there are many dwelling places, having been crucified and risen, as I once said on Easter, then this one ain't afraid of much. This is Jesus who's calling us. And this is one of the promises. And if you want a New Testament quote on this belief, Matthew 28 is a favorite. The risen Christ said, after giving the Great Commission, he said, and behold, I am with you always, even to the close of the age. The constant presence of God includes the promise of life after this life, an eternal life which I happen to believe belongs, or excuse me, begins on this side of eternity, as Christ comes into our hearts, our lives. Sometimes it can be hard to believe in heaven or glory in this materialist age which has a fascination with death. The same word from Jesus which moved those disciples to follow, which moves us one way or another to follow, is the same word and speaker that promised when we breathed our last there's something even better waiting in the presence of God's love. The second thing in answering the call to follow Jesus, not only to a journey with him that is unpredictable and maybe costly, we know that, but heading into unknown futures can bring us challenges that are daunting but are really opportunities. Following Jesus may well confront us with things which disorient us at first, which intimidate or seem impossible to us or to our churches 
which instead can end up being blessings for Jesus' followers to perceive and to seize. We just may not know it unless we're following Jesus into the future, and then we look back and say, of course. The future into which he calls us and accompanies us. I've said before that the world we're in now is not the pre-pandemic world, nor are we realistic, thinking that we churches can go back simply to what was before. Let me quote from an article which interviewed several pastors in late 2021. Glenn Newton, a Florida church planter, likened the church to Sears, once a retail giant, but now on life support in the area of e-commerce. Newton said, Speaking of, some congreg- speaking of Sears, he said they had used that same model they always used over and over and over again. And then something came along called Amazon, and Sears had to close their doors, he said. It was because of an unwillingness to change. He said the church, some churches, is behaving similarly, trying to do things the same way they've always been done. In Outreach Magazine, Carrie Newhoff wrote, if there's one trend to watch moving forward, it's that America likely accelerated its journey into becoming a postmodern, post-Christian culture, which means the future church will have to stand as an alternative to the culture, not an echo of it. As a result, in the future church, cool won't cut it, hype won't cut it, fun won't cut it, real will authenticity a focus he continued to focus on the core purpose of church introducing people to a relationship with christ and with each other and with life-changing discipleship will be the one thing the church can offer that the world does not and this does not this is me this does not prohibit activity in the arenas where one as a servant of christ advocates for peace and justice our present and future include a population whose faith in God and desire for worship have waned dramatically. Digital ministry is proposed as a key way to be in touch with and nurture the growth of friends, current and former members, and St. Peter's is not a stranger to this. Folks prefer being spiritual to religious, which you can do at home. So following Jesus into this future, how do we remain faithful in service to this great grace and the community grace created? It's a journey not for the faint of faith. But you and I need have no fear, for it is Jesus who is calling us to follow and who is with us every step of the way into an unknown or uncertain future. And that, friends, following him into an uncertain future, well, that is the best news ever. Amen. As you can tell, I could have said a whole lot more about the subject, and in fact, entire libraries could be filled with um, exhortations and discussions and explorations of what it means to answer the call to follow Jesus which really is, you know, ends up being how we live our lives, uh, imperfectly as we do, um, when we live them in faith and love. 
I did have to shorten this message by cutting out a couple of paragraphs that were a little bit of a tangent, but I'll, I'll mention them here because I can. And uh, another personal story having to do with calling. And for many years, I was called by God to be a religious volunteer. First at uh, seminary and field education, I was a student chaplain at Trenton State Prison. And then, and that kind of left me with this calling to wherever I go, have a, a foot in the door of prison ministry. So when I came to Chicago and uh, interviewed with a prison chaplain, a Protestant chaplain at uh, Cook County Jail in uh, early 1985, I started being a religious volunteer there, first at Division 5, later at Division 10, which was maximum security, for about 19 years until I sensed that the call of God had been lifted and also the whole thing was falling apart. But it had kind of begun to tell me, God had kind of begun to tell me, you know, this is over for you before that, before the falling apart. And the, the, the story really was there were times when we volunteers from different parts of the metro area would show up to lead service together. We'd have different roles. And no, no inmates would be brought in. The guards weren't coming. The guards weren't bringing guys out. There was one solid month, three or four weeks in a row in one August, where there was we came down for nothing. When we waited and we waited, because nobody came and told us there was no chapel today. But we didn't quit. We kept coming back because we'd been called to be there. And my point was, first... That's what you do when you're called. You don't quit easily. And secondly, your call can change. What you've been called to may last for a season or two under God's providence and design, but it doesn't mean that's what you're going to be doing your whole life or your whole season of ministry. And so I wanted to lift that up too. So you get an extra piece of the sermon that didn't get included. I hope you don't mind. And... Uh, before I let you go and sign off, uh, what I didn't do in the intro is offer a prayer. And so, uh, if you will, let me do that with you, for you at this time. Loving God, grant us vision to see where you want us to go as we follow you. Grant us faith in you to follow you even when we do not see where we are going because our faith is in you and your love for us and for the world. And because we trust your grace, we'll go wherever we sense you are leading us. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. And may God bless you and may God bless your loved ones and those around you and those you have trouble with. And may God bless your week. Thanks again for tuning in. Bye. Like what you've heard? Hit subscribe to follow and get updates on our newest additions to The Red-Headed Preacher. We'd love it if you'd give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us online under most social media platforms by typing St. Peter UCC Skokie in your browser. 
Donations are much needed and very welcomed. You can donate to us by going to paypal.me backslash St. Peter UCC Skokie. This information and more can also be found in the show notes wherever you listen to our podcast. Thank you so much.